What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss, and you're listening to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review so we can keep growing and help more people. Thank you. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today I am joined by Coach Lisa Jones, and I couldn't be more excited about this podcast and this conversation. We're always looking for ways to help leaders grow, to take on the tough issues. If you've been following me at all, you know that I'm very passionate about some things. One of them is social justice. Um, another one is protecting children from pedophiles. Another one is helping people with substance use disorder. Another one is mental illness. And another one is the solver of all the great challenges that currently face our country and the world. And that is leadership. Leadership is that solution. So I recently did a podcast. I recorded it with Sajel Thacker and we talked about gender equality and gender equality specifically in the workplace. But as I began to dig in and do research, I found that while we're making incredible strides with gender equality overall, we are way, way, way behind when it comes to African-American women. Uh, and, And there is significant inequality that remains. So I've asked Coach Lisa Jones to come on to talk to us about this fully with the intention of, hey, we have respect and dignity for every human being. We wanna see every person on our team, be successful, thrive, create their impact. So if that's your intention, you're at the right place. You're at the right place. So Lisa Jones, uh, she has 32 years of management experience. She's an expert in advocating and developing people to be the most inspirational version of themselves. Just love that. She approaches leadership with a very unique energizing approach. She individualizes leadership and management development plans based on your animal personality. We're sure to have her back to go through that. Her consulting and development plans are going to help inspire leaders, retain workers, build your businesses. But again, today we're going to focus and thank Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for being willing to talk about this, this important topic. One of my passions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Danny, for having me. I'm excited. Well, if you're not following Lisa on LinkedIn, you got to you gotta pause this real quick and go follow her on LinkedIn. She really is awesome. She's always posting. She's got great content, tons of energy, very insightful, creative. She's a visionary, just servant leader. And I'm just so drawn to servant leaders. So thank you for all the work that, that you're doing, Lisa. You're uh, welcome. You're so welcome. can we start, Lisa, by by sharing your journey and what's led you to where you are today? Sure. Sure, Danny. Um I'm, of course, he said, I'm Lisa Jones. My journey uh, began very early uh, for me. And, uh, you know, my, as a African-American female, I, after my, my family divorced or my mom and dad divorced, I grew up basically uh, in what you would call the hood. And I um, was a teenage mother and I needed a job. And so I I kind of went from place to place, store to store, asking for a position. And this this wonderful man gave me a position and he trusted me um, to go to work at, I think I was 15 years old at that time. Well, uh, in that journey of uh, that career path, and that actually stayed my career path for about 30 years. And 
during that, I climbed the ladder of success or it was very hard at times for me to break barriers because of uh, me being a, a female, first of all. And I chose a profession that had um, basically all white males. Uh, it was white male dominated. And for me uh, to have a seat at the table was pretty tough, Danny. And uh, a lot of times, you know, when it was time to go to lunch, when I finally made management, when it was time to go to lunch, I, I had to eat lunch by myself because, you know, I wasn't included. And I really felt like I had to give 120%, if not 200%, in order to even be asked in the room. I mean, literally, as an African-American female, I always thought that I had to do double the work in order to be recognized. You know, my colleagues would get promotions uh, based on I, who they knew you know, not based on their merit of their work. And so that was so frustrating for me, Danny. It, it really sounds, was. It sounds incredibly frustrating. And, and I can't even imagine. So I'm not even gonna, I can't, I can't <laughs> pretend to imagine and put myself in your shoes, which is why it's so important to have you here joining us for this conversation. So, so more leaders, more white male leaders, more white female leaders can yes. truly understand and put themselves in your shoes. So when you talk about you know, and, and this is this is one of the things from the research. So the research I'm I'm coming from right now is women in the workplace 2020. Black women are far more likely to be the only yes. employee or person on the team who is black and female. What what Correct. challenges? Why? So I, I think I know why, but I want to hear it from 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 your words. Why is that so challenging? Why is that so so difficult? I think pretty much. I think it is a I th always thought it was an intimidation thing. Um, I know that we are, as black women, we're pretty strong and opinionated. Uh, and if we have an idea, sometimes how we come across, I think in some cases may intimidate uh, men uh, because, you know, normally if you know, in other cultures, the women aren't as, let me just say this, assertive <laughs> or as, um, aggressive as maybe uh, a black woman appears to be. And so we've been brought up to have this exterior. And, you know, when it comes to breaking through the barriers, very hard. Actually, the percentage in the C-suite is 1.4% uh, of black women are asked, uh, black women are asked into the C-suite. So we have to do a lot of things in order to be accepted. And I found um, myself doing a, mer a mirage of things to actually, you know, get a seat at the table. And then when you look in the C-suites, that is probably the most segregated uh, area in corporate America. And, and it wasn't in my mind that I didn't have the knowledge or, or the education at the time. I thought it was, you know, my ideas was great. They would take my ideas. Actually, you know, I felt let me say this, as a woman or African-American female, I often felt, um, and, and this is a tough one right here, it's kind of like, felt to me like a violation where they would come and get my ideas and my training and they would send people from corporate to watch me train my teams or they would send me into hard areas in order to fix them and then they wanted to know my secret sauce. And I found myself be becoming resentful of that because they wouldn't advance me, but they would take my ideas 
and give them to another to advance at, at the corporate level. And then I'm sitting in a meeting full of uh, middle managers and I'm hearing all the, all my things, all the words, all my things. And I'm like, what happened to me that, what is wrong with me that I couldn't get accepted to the next level? Yeah, you talk about that resentment, anger, frustration, mm-hmm. and, and we don't lead overall. I mean, That's so right. let's set this topic we're discussing aside, but, and, and think about this and any, with any person with on your team, if yeah. they have those feelings and they're feeling that way, yeah, it's a major problem. Right. And, and to know and understand how it, it might not be intentional or it might be intentional. Um, you know, how we're, how we make people feel. And then, so when we see other maybe actions or behaviors or communications, instead of thinking to ourselves, you know, what's wrong with this person, we need to look and say, what have we done to create an environment to where somebody feels this way in our environment? And I want to challenge leaders right now to think about, do you know, take a piece of paper or, or do you know a African-American woman who's in a C-suite position. Do you know one, right? Do you know one? Write, write her name down. Um, write her name down because I'm guessing that, that, that a lot of people don't. Uh, right. Brenda Bowers, Dr. Brenda Bowers is the one person that, that I knew in a, in a C-suite position. She worked for a major hospital up in Wisconsin, I don't remember the name of the hospital, but my mentor, one of my mentors, her brother, uh, Bishop Michael Cole, um, had introduced me to her when we were going through some really difficult times as, as a community. And she was one of, is one of the most brilliant people that wow. I have ever met. So ask yourself this question. Do you know any African-American females in a C-suite position? If so, write them down. And then even if you do know one or two, you know, write down all the the white males, you know, or the white females, you know, I think it really brings out the the problem. So Lisa, when you, you found a seat at the table eventually, right? Like you, 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 you sat and ate lunch alone, but you ended up finding your seat at the table. You end up overcoming these odds. Somebody early on, you know, saw you believed and you gave you an opportunity. God bless them. Um, what, what were some of the things that you needed to do Um, and I heard, I heard some of those things, but what are some of the things you needed to do to, to overcome that and to, to gain the success and impact that you have, that you have? That's a good question, Danny. Uh, one thing that I can think of is I had to look past what was going on at the time. I had to really become laser focused on the doors I wanted to open for others. I definitely knew that, you know, I was a rarity. Matter of fact, I was told repeatedly that I was two points, you know, oh, you're two points. And, you know, or I would be called girl, you know, girl. And so I just, when those insults would come or things that, you know, would happen or um, I didn't charge it to them. I didn't take it personal. And I probably, now that I think of it, I could have helped more um, if I addressed it, but I felt like I could do greater justice for others if I went through it and showed them that I could excel. That's, that, wow. that was the key for me, uh, showing them that I could, you could put me anywhere. You could send me to Columbus. You could send me anywhere, Alaska, 
with a team that is totally uh, disassociated and, and having trouble. And in six months, I will put them together as a team. And so I had to overachieve and I wanted to and, and all the insults and spending lunch by myself or, you know, the jokes, you know, I kind of swallowed it. And, you know, my colleagues, it was interesting because some of my colleagues or the males that I led, and that was a whole different ball game, you know, instead of saying as a woman, oh, you're really on your game. They would say, oh, Lisa's on her menstrual cycle this week or something. Wow. (laughs) That'll cost you in big dollars these days. Like we know, like, like, even if you aren't saying it for the wrong reasons, we know saying that now will cost you big dollars. Yes, we do. And, And thank goodness, you know, we have the laws there to protect us, you know, and sometimes, you know, we can't always, we're changing our mindsets as we move forward in our culture. But one thing that I found is that, you know, we haven't made as many strides in the African-American uh, women community, woman community as we have in our, our counterparts, our white female community or other cultures. And I think it's sometimes as African-American women, as for me as a black woman, I think you know, sometimes I know I get very passionate about things and I had to scale that back a bit at times, you know, and, and make sure that I address things at the right time, you know, instead of going, because, you know, in the African-American community, we're used to, we have to put this tough exterior up and we're used to having to almost scream to be heard uh, in some cases. And that didn't work. That doesn't work. They That didn't work in corporate America. So I found myself having to kind of adjust my personality in order to be heard. And that's kind of a shame, but, you know, not to be as intimidating, you know, to, to play fair on the team, which I knew how to bring teams together. So it's obvious that I knew how to be a team player. Uh, but when it came to intimidating, you know, males, Sometimes I would form things in a question, you know, I would say, what do you think about, um, you know, changing this policy? You know, what is your opinion on it? My opinion is this. And they would listen to my opinion and, and all of a sudden their eyes would pop open and said, really, you know, wow. And, and a lot of times that person was probably from the C-suite and I had this excellent mentor. I'll never forget him that would take my ideas and he would take it to the C-suite. And then they would come and, and say, they, they would invite me to talk with them, but you know, I didn't really have a seat there yet, but I did get promoted and they, you know, they did pay me well for my ideas. So I can't say that, but now that I look back and now that I look at the company that I work for, I see so many, I think I was like the second uh, female middle manager that they had. And it was a very old company, a uh, very old company. And I, it, I, it was shocking that it was all male dominated. Wow. Do, can, can you share the name of the leader that, that uh... okay, I will, I love him so much. John Gross is his name. John, John Gross. Gross. Let, let all of us be guided <laughs> Uh, by by the leadership, by the servant heart, and by the mindset of John Gross. God bless yeah. him. How, how amazing! So as I listen to you talk, first of all, I'm like, wow, blown away. I've already been blown away by you. I don't know your story here in the depth that we're just you know talking about it right now. Right. But 
looking past what's happening at the time, a laser focus on the impact you want to create down the road, which was to lift up others. Yes. Um, don't, don't take it personal. Okay. Yes. Uh, right. Um, right. this mindset of I'll show you, right. <laughs> a champion, a champion mindset, um, you know, with, with very high levels of EQ, right. And so emotional intelligence has to do with self-awareness, but it has to do with really deeply understanding how you're impacting the emotions of somebody else. And, yes. and when we talked about this concept a couple of weeks ago about leading up, and I had a lot of response on LinkedIn about it. <laughs> when we lead up, we have to do that through questions and through listening yes. and through some, well, after you ask the question, they answer, well, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever looked at it from this angle? So powerful. So Lisa, what I heard you just explain, right? is is an incredible pathway. And what you've done as an African-American woman to overcome the barriers and challenges that are out there and that, that exist very much today. Let's just say it out loud. They exist very much today. But what I also heard you describe is the pathway of overcoming any challenges. Exactly. Because if this works to overcome gender and racial inequality, this works to overcome any challenges and the victimhood mindset is so dangerous. And, and at every step of the way here, what you've done is you maintain the champion mindset. So can, can you help us? I, I want leaders to understand and I want to better understand what are some of the unique challenges facing black women? I'm not just talking about in the workplace now. Okay. okay. They impact the workplace because everybody now, right. Wants to come to work as their whole selves. They don't want to have to put on a pretend face and a pretend mask and, and come to work and to pretend to be this person. When somebody walks out of your organization, the impact and what's said and the way they feel and, and their self-worth that's created there doesn't like, they don't drop that off at the door on the way out. Right? No, they, they don't. But let's understand what are some of the unique challenges that black women face that white women and men quite frankly, don't. Wow. <laughs> Well, it's it's quite a bit. Um, but just to start, a start would be, you know, from our home, you know, um, our home. Statistically is arranged a little different uh, than our counterparts home or, or people of other cultures. Most of our homes are led by us black women. Most of our homes are led by us. We have children. Uh, we have homes with no men in them. And so we are faced with having to raise our children alone. Um, be, and most of the time, when we do have a male in the house, most of us earn more money than he actually does statistically. And so we're faced with the challenge there because a lot when it comes to African-American men, you know, they in a lot of cases, you know, most women can have a, a African-American husband or something from a blue collar uh, work environment. And typically, if we are part of the corporate corporate America, we typically will make more than him. Uh, and most of us are heading heading single households. And so we have children. Uh, we, we may have been abandoned. Uh, we have grown up without a father. We have grown up without uh, a father in the home for the most part. We have grown up having to survive. We've grown up as latchkey kids. We've grown up uh, spending the weekend alone. We've grown up, you know, having to fight at the bus stop. 
We've had, we've grown up having to fight at the bus. Um, if you had a certain better clothes on than the next person, you had to fight for that. And so, you know, education and sitting at sitting, getting your education is pretty tough, you know, with all the exterior, you know, depends on what school you go to and you just didn't have the opportunity. So I was blessed um, not to, with all the challenges and truly, you know, I, I was a single mother once. And so I was a young single mother. So I knew when I came to work, my boss may have not understood, um, Lisa, you're grouch today or you're moody. And a lot of people may put African-American women in some cases as being moody, um, you know, and it may have taken me an hour after I got out of the door. This is when I was young to adjust my attitude. Sometimes, you know, we could carry maybe a certain attitude from home to the workplace. And then it may take us just a little transition to get in there and get focused on work. So that would be, you know, if you've had to get your children off to school and then can you imagine this virtual learning now, who's going to watch my children and all of this. And then we arrive and have to put the face on. So I would always appreciate leaders that understood that um, not treating me any differently, but not to judge me because I was coming out of maybe <laughs> it's not a war zone, but per se, you couldn't imagine the things that I left at home to get dressed to be here today. And I'm not looking for an applause. I'm not looking for sympathy. It's just a fact that I have to, had to learn how to adjust or be a chameleon. And I learned pretty quickly on how to be a chameleon, how to be a part of the room and be a part of, if you send me to the White House, I learned how to communicate at all levels. And I can truly say that we have to do that more than average. And many of us don't have a clue on how to do that. And so I would say to any uh, employer, you know, that have African-American women in your environment, you may look at them and go, well, one minute they're happy, then the next minute they have an attitude. Well, if you could see, if you could try to align with their worldview, you would find how tough they really are and what a wonderful worker uh, that you have in your midst. Wow. So just so powerful. So at, I'm going to issue a call to action to, to all leaders. It's not just white male leaders or white female leaders or, or black female leaders or black male leaders or Hispanic or Asian leaders. Uh, one of my laws of leadership is Covey's. I think it's his fourth habit. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Yes. In modern leadership and today's leadership, people have want to come to work as their whole person and we have to lead the whole person. And I would I would guess the difference in the impact you would make in one of your African American females' lives and work experience yes. is care enough to talk to them, care enough to get to know them, exactly. care enough about their whole person, intentionally make them feel welcome. I tell you what, and and I didn't necessarily get it. Uh, I grew up in a in a community where there, there weren't many black kids in our school. Okay, mm -hmm. and and so generally everybody I was around was white. And growing up, honestly, that was hard enough. But but as a as a white leader, and I've had this happen before when I was younger, you know, I, I think back to a time where I walked into a place with a friend of mine, a black friend of mine, and I was the only white person there of like a hundred people. And and I'm just gonna be honest, I'm just gonna be real. That felt that felt weird. Quickly right. I got over that, right? But yeah. but 
but that felt weird. That felt uncomfortable because as human beings, I mean, what connects us is commonality. What, what makes us safe is what we know. And if, if you haven't had experience with different nationalities, different, you know, different races and those things, right? Well, the only way to get familiar and the only way to get comfortable is to seek first to understand, then be understood, to put yourself out there, to ask questions, to care about somebody. And, and, and Sajal and I covered this before. The reason why we lead is, is so, so important and translates into how we lead. And if I'm leading to not get sued, that's a terrible reason. It right? really is. I mean, like, not authentic it, at yeah, all. at the end of the day, you know, if it creates a better work environment because people are afraid to get sued, it's a step. But we need to lead in the way we're talking about because of our respect for and, and value for every human life. For every person as an individual. Right. Right. For, for every, every person. I want to share a couple of things. I want to get some insights from you, how, how we get past this from, from this study. Right. So this is, this is research. This is scientific based research, women in the workplace, 2020. Um, you know, it, it clearly they're reporting a couple of things for one black women have always had uh, a distinct and by large worst uh, experience at work. They're promoted more slowly. And I will tell you, if you listen to the other podcast, you hear this as well. Yes. While women are increasing overall, not black women, in the C-suite roles and the upper management roles, they still fall way behind in promotion to that frontline supervisor. It's a big problem out there. Black women are significantly underrepresented in senior leadership. Um, they're less likely to have managers be advocates for them for new opportunities, um, they have fewer interactions with senior leaders. You know, Lisa was talking about all these ideas she had and people coming to see her, but her not being in that room, she found her way there because she's absolutely amazing. They're, they're less likely to be sponsored, to, to be mentored. Um, you know, and they're less likely to report they have equal opportunity to, to advance at work. They face wider ranges of microaggressions, judgments, question more, face more, you know, demeaning remarks. They're generally the onlys, meaning they're the only one in their race represented within their team, um, which leads to uh, a feeling, at least, if, if not an actual thing, which we believe it is an actual thing in a lot of places of feeling more scrutinized. There's an increased pressure to perform. You know, Lisa talked about having to do perform twice at the level to get the same recognition. Um you know, and then, you know, what, one of the things and over the past six years, consistently black women are, are having the markedly worse experiences at, at work. So we've got to have a culture of diversity and inclusion. It can't be buzzwords. It can't just be a policy. It's got to start with that at the top. We've got to intentionally create fair opportunity of mentorship, sponsorship, training. We need to proactively make black women feel valued. Again, imagine you as whatever race you are and, and whatever gender you are walking in to a room where everybody is different. And we've got to intentionally, intentionally give black women a voice in the workplace. So these are some of the things, and I've been doing a ton of research. Like I said, this is one of my passions. And and I'm so grateful for you to come on the the, the show with me today. So let me ask, Okay. As we as we start to 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 tail towards the the end of the podcast, I've talked about some things there, but you can either highlight some of them or, or bring your own. As leaders, what can we do to really meaningfully bridge this gap? What kind of call to action or what kind of things can we do if we're really wanting to bridge this gap? Okay, that's a good question. Here's one thing, you know, 
I, I, as I think about my mentor, uh, John Gross, uh, you know, he didn't have a whole lot in common with me. So I would say he was interested. He got curious. And I would say to the leaders, um, get curious about your team members. And if they happen to be, you know, you might relate to some better than others, but the others, you want to figure out what their worldview is and you want to get curious about their world. You may find uh, a superstar amongst them. Uh, It was only because John listened to my ideas and he just shook his, he marveled. Uh, At the same time, he took the time to ask me how I was doing. He, he knew, uh, he, he gave me an open door policy to call him uh, when I, you know, when I had family issues. And during that time, I'll never forget my, my sister was dying with breast cancer. And I just remember how he understood when I was a single mom and, and my daughter, my teenage daughter was doing whatever. And I would go, oh my goodness, I have to leave for a moment. He gave me grace uh, during that. And so I would say to leaders, uh, you know, the one who's different and normally as African-American women, a lot of times we'll either be quiet or we might have to, we might be overly aggressive trying to make up for the hurt feelings we feel because I, I never forget, you know, sometimes, you know, Lisa, why is your hair braided? You know, I would put, you know, if I was going on vacation the week before, I would probably braid my hair or something like that. And of course, maybe that's not accepted. Matter of fact, back then it wasn't accepted. It's probably accepted now, but those little differences for anyone. And it could be a, um, it could be a Hispanic person uh, that have certain family values, learning how to align with difference. And if you do that, your entire team will respect you because I found over the years that it's easy to align with people like you. And typically you're going to draw to the people who are most like you. So if you, if you would do yourself a favor, not worry about getting sued, but you simply say, who do I have less in common with in this room? And if you want to be a servant leader, that's the one that you're going to figure out how could you better serve them? So I think that's a couple of things that you can do, Danny. Man, you've given us so much there that that's really credible. Align with difference. If you have a growth mindset, if you embrace growth mindset, and if you truly respect and honor all human beings as human beings, and, and you seek to take your leadership to the next level and really buy into this concept of leading the whole person, aligning with somebody that's different is a growth mindset. I light on fire when I meet new people, different people, different perspectives. I, I love as you can tell. I love to ask questions and learn and learn and learn. How can I, I get one percent better every day? Right. Yeah. And and so wow, so many so many great things. So I wanna I wanna kind of wrap up by getting your opinion and take on this. And so I wanna just put a disclaimer out there to my audience. I'm not political. Um, I, I'm just not. And and I don't care about the election. I care about uniting the country. And so this isn't a celebration on my part, but I was incredibly moved by Amanda Gorman the other day as I watched and respected the inauguration of our 46th president. Um, as, as, a, as a black woman, as a black leader, to see Amanda on the podium at 22 years old delivering those words, take me to that moment for you. Well, it was... 
it was a breakthrough moment. It was a recognition of look at how bright um, black girls or black women can actually be. Thank you for giving us a stage. Just watching Kamala uh, take the stage was amazing. And, you know, in our communities, people wore pearls and converses. And it, it, it really didn't, because I'm more conservative in nature, it really didn't at that moment, it, I didn't think about what side I was on. I thought about the pride that Martin Luther King would have that all the people that was, you know, the people that our forefathers that was lynched, I happened to be uh, related to Nat Turner. Uh, and I was thinking about all the people that would be proud of that moment. So it made us feel, it makes us feel like we can, we can do anything, we can accomplish anything. And, you know, maybe now the doors will be cracked open a little bit wider for us, even though I know that just like Amanda and many other women, they black women are are being entrepreneurs, Danny. They are they are leaving corporate America by the droves because of the lack of chances. And it's so sad to see, but uh African American women are the a higher percentage of them are actually entrepreneurs. But during that moment, I I, I just watched with pride, tears, and you know, and respect that they were able to articulate themselves in that manner. And it just crushed so many stereotypes. And I know for most leaders just watching that, you have to know that our culture is changing. And so often I tell leaders, Danny, don't get left behind, you know, because we are because we are all moving. We have a African American woman vice president, whether we like it or not, they're having a seat at the table. And she, and just because we see that she's intelligent, now more people might be inclined, just like in my company, to give other people a chance of color, give them a chance, let's see what they do. And then you find they're brilliant beyond imagination. And so I would say, if you're a leader and you're looking uh, to be a servant leader or to be a now leader, you want to make sure that you are very inclusive. You want to make sure that you get the answers to your questions and not just ignore it or to placate it because you're going to get sued and because we feel that. And so somebody gave Kamala a chance. And so we're so excited about that. You know, the, when we see people who look like us, in positions, whether it be the C-suite or a frontline supervisor, whether it be the, the vice president or the president of the United States, it tells us we have a chance to do that. Yes. Right. And so seeing the, the glass ceiling shattered with Barack Obama becoming the president, seeing, you know, Kamala Harris um, becoming the vice president, the first female vice president, the first yeah. African-American vice president, um, it's shattering the glass ceiling. And again, I, I definitely want to just, you know, throw out the disclaimer. I'm not political. I'm not hard right or left. It's yeah. just, but I am very passionate about social justice. I, I am very passionate about gender equality, racial equality, along with some other things I talked about earlier in the show. And so I, I think it all starts with an awareness, right? Everything starts with an awareness. It starts with being able to let our armor down and our guards down. Yeah. And, and I, I want to believe that most people in leadership positions do have a respect for life for all human beings and, and the fact that we treat everybody with that respect and dignity. And that leads to giving everybody 
uh, a fair opportunity yes. and, a, and a fair and a fair chance for growth. Um, I, I do want to just mention a couple other things that I had from from this report from Women in the Workforce 2020. We, we cannot understate the impacts of COVID. I, uh, we cover that in the specific challenges and unique challenges women in general face yes. in the in the podcast with with Sajel Thacker. Um, but as it relates to African American women, African American women are uh, twice as likely uh, to report a death of a loved one from COVID. Um, African American women uh, are are much more impacted by the racial violence, and it's taking an incredibly large toll on them in this social justice movement. Um, and 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 during times of COVID, Black women are reported feeling even more excluded at work, and they're they're less likely to bring their whole self to work. So COVID has, has increased and added some challenges. When, when you say, Danny, we, we just want to hire the best people and create the great teams, regardless. We don't care if they're uh, male or female, white, black, Hispanic, whichever. Think of this. If that is your true intention, I want to leave you with this. Um, teams or organizations at the leadership that are represented by at least 50% women are... 50% more likely to, to have increased profits, right? Sales, performance, organizational excellence, all the benchmarks. Yeah. Once you get, once you get more than 50%, if it was 75%, uh, it, it's, it doesn't become any more significantly different, but it is for, for when women are not represented at least 50% at those levels, uh, the output, the performance, the sales, the productivity, the culture, are all significantly impacted. So when we talk about the reasons and things, if, if it's not just good enough as treating everybody uh, with dignity as human beings, to know that when you add women into these places within your workforce and within your teams and they're represented uh, at least 50% of those teams, yeah. the results significantly improve uh, and, and are enhanced. Lisa, thank you so much for You're joining welcome. me today. You, you. You, you were a rock star, you were a champion. Um, you've provided so much insight, not only to leaders, but to, to young African-American female leaders, to, to yeah. leaders in general as a roadmap to how to be successful. And, and we can talk about the reasons why, and, yeah. and they could be completely unjust and completely unfair. But if we're talking about why we didn't accomplish something, we didn't accomplish it. And you've given us a, a, a roadmap and a pathway and strategies and ideas and real life experience on, on how to leave the excuses where they are and how to overcome any obstacle that's in front of you. To our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode today, please consider subscribing, leaving a review. It helps us reach more people. And the details in the podcast description, it links to the website. Where From there, you can go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also sign up for our mailing list. Uh, we don't spam people. We're incredibly, incredibly busy. We only put something out really about once a month. Something is due right now. Um, again, thank you for taking the time for listening. If you want more information on Lisa, that'll be detailed in the podcast notes and description. You can find her on LinkedIn. Um, and, and remember, always be committed to excellence.